0: Everyone, Dave and Jeff, it is May 4th, 2020, and uh, the best thing about COVID-19 is no one said, may the 4th be with you. Oh, shit. It
1: was all over social media all day. I fucking hate it. Uh, Just look. It's so corny. It's so dopey, Dave, but look, I think everybody, you need something to laugh at, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, come on, let's raise the bar a little bit. Let's, Let's shoot for the stars. But yeah. And then what? What did I see where I was like, I'm never talking to this person again. It was really? like, was it on Facebook or Twitter? Yeah, it was probably Lipkin, a dork.
0: <laughs> well, she's moving to Texas. So don't She's worry about like, it.
1: Uh, hey, happy May the 4th, day before return of the 5th. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Do I need Star Wars dork right now? Right? <laughs> Dude, Lipkin... Lipkin was like, uh, how many encores did she do in the last 10 days? Thank you. Oh, shit. I'm out. I thought she was already out two weeks ago. I know. I love her to death. She's great. She was so much fun when she was here. Hey, everybody, just a reminder, I'm out. We're like, (laughs) fuck, I thought you were out. Wow. Hard day today, guys. I'm out. And you're like, ah, but shit, if anybody's going to take 20 encores, let it be her. Did you
0: watch her last show on Friday? I didn't. I meant to. I taped it. Actually, I saw it because I didn't want to miss it. I knew it was Friday. It was a 6 o'clock hour, and she didn't do the 10 o'clock. Yeah. She cried like a baby. Did she really? Yeah,
1: sure did. What a cool
0: girl. No, it was funny. Well, What a cool girl. She is great. So she cries. She's doing the weather. Uh, and then they throw it to Troy to do the sports. And she just fucking walks like right behind him. <laughs> like you forget where the stage is. Good for her. I'm like, what are you good doing? Good for her.
1: Oh, God dang. That's funny. But uh, hey, got good news for everybody today. Okay. So this afternoon, my friends Hallie and Mindy at Ronald McDonald House. I had a conversation with them last week. Told him what we want to do, kind of the cut for a cure uh cut for a cause, excuse me. And I said what I kinda like, my vision would be if there's an organization in Southern California, it's kind of a grassroots organization, maybe a little bit smaller, that we could work with um when we do this cut for a cause event with everybody growing their hair out long. Maybe we can uh Get everybody together, do haircuts, and we can donate the hair for a good cause. And I said, there's some bigger groups, but a lot of times when you deal with the bigger charities, while they are happy to take your donation, you never really hear from them just because their phone rings all day. Well, son of a gun, if Hallie at Ronald McDonald House doesn't write me an email today and she goes, hey, Jeff, I think I have your group for you. And it's a group called... Compassionate Creations. And it's two women. Priscilla lives in Newport Beach. Her business partner, Giselle, lives in Portland. And Dave, they do exactly what we're looking for. What they do is they create wigs out of human hair. And those wigs are then made available to women that are going through chemotherapy. So Priscilla and I were just probably on the phone today for 45 minutes, I had a ton of questions. I said, A, I love that they do the wigs for women and girls, but I said, a lot of our audience is men. Yeah. I said, can you use men's hair for what she said? Absolutely. Um, so I said, okay, tell me what we're looking for, what people need to think if they want to participate. She said, the minimum that we need is 10 inches of hair from everybody. Wow. And I go, okay. I go, God, you know, that's probably pretty crazy. I don't know if that will work for what we have. And she said, well, she goes, it sounds crazy, but it's really just from about your scalp to shoulder length. And she said that would do it. Uh, Cause I'm thinking Dave, I'm like, ah, oh, that's like to your calf. Well, still,
0: if you grow your hair six inches a year, is what they say. Well... you got to pretty off to a pretty good head start.
1: I think a lot of us will be able to hit it. I think we'll be able to hit it. Uh, our friend Nan, who's on the board at uh, Jake's Projects, she could probably do for 50 of us. Yeah. Right by herself. But... So... We're going to work with Compassionate Creations. They're incredibly excited to be part of it. Priscilla will be down at the event. We're still shooting for August 1st. Um, But the other thing that we're going to do, and we kind of mentioned this before, is if people say, dude, I'd love to participate and make make a difference, but there's no way I'm going to hit that number. Um, We're going to have in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a link up on jakesprojects.org, we can make a small donation to the Ronald McDonald House, and that would be great too. But if you want to be in, um, take a look at Creative Creation, uh, Compassionate Creations. Excuse me, Compassionate Creations is the website. Man, they couldn't be cooler, Dave. Just like I said, small little grassroots organization, and the hair will be used. I do want to tell you what what Priscilla told me today. I didn't know this, Dave, but if you're a chemotherapy patient, you you have to buy the wig. And what happens is, she said, because they're made from human hair, we don't get many things like what the Dave and Jeff show was doing. So we have to go out, and we have to buy the hair, and people sell it for 200 or $300. And she said, the wigs are very labor-intensive, and so we have to sell them but what you guys are doing is by donating you're eliminating that money that we have to pay out to buy the hair we're in turn able to um lower the cost of the wig and i said that's great so i called nan tonight i said hey i'm just letting you know nan goes that's very common so uh, thankfully i've never had anybody through chemotherapy that's had to do it but i appreciate that they were being transparent she said hey please share that message with your audience but we couldn't be more thrilled. San Diego Barber College, Roy Robertson said, hey, we're in. So, yeah, well, we'll the sign-up page is already there yeah. at jakesprojects.org. If you say, yeah, I want to be in, and and I can make it, and I'll deal with it, um, go to jakesprojects.org. Kyle did a great job. Put it right on the front where it says sign up for Cut for a Cause, and then we'll have more information details on compassionate creations over the next couple of weeks. You'll see that, the link for the Ronald McDonald House, but just kind of a cool thing for Jake's projects. And I think it'll be a really really good day. Are your kids going nuts with the long hair? No, they like it. They're they? Well, yes, they're going nuts, but they're excited about the event. Cool. Because I said, I go, "Hey man, you're a big part of this." But oh, their hair's a wreck. <laughs> Like mine. Mine's a train wreck. Tara hair is an
0: absolute wreck. Dude, I, I'm like, I, I wear a hat all the time, but I'm like, yeah. dude, it, it fucking puffs out like getting Brutus Beefcake. It looks like a fucking idiot. <laughs> we all got to go Pat Riley. Yeah, oh
1: my God. Dude, I do.
0: I fucking completely We got to go Pat
1: Riley, Brett Hitman Hart, yeah. oh, Triple H. Look at this
0: shit. Hold on. Look at this shit. Oh yeah, you're it's a wreck.
1: A- <laughs> look at that. You're a wreck. It's a mess. But they say, Dave, I, I think we'll all be in. Because if you think about it, We're at, what's the date today? Oh, May 4th, we just said. Yep. Okay, if we're shooting to do it August 1st, that's that's another three months out. I think a lot of us can, but if nothing else, we'll raise some money for Ronald McDonald House. And I said to Priscilla, I go, look, with the time that everything's going on and, and people, I go, I don't know if we get five people, 10 people, 50 people, 100. But I said, if we get five people, we're doing something right. She goes, Jeff, you're doing a great thing. She goes, especially for the five people that you're going to be helping. But she goes, yeah, the more people we can get, the better. So I'm incredibly excited. They're incredibly excited to be part of it. Ronald McDonald House is all fired up. So, uh, yeah, we want you all to be a part of it as well. So either sign up to have your hair cut or get ready. We'll make a small donation to the Ronald McDonald House, whatever you want to do. Uh, in the name of Jake's projects and, and, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. We needed something positive with all the negatives going on.
0: Yeah. You know, again, you can sign up through Jake's We've had people in the last few days where the site has generated traffic. Not only are people signing up, but at the same time, people are making a donation to help kids play sports. Even though right, right now kids aren't able to play sports um with with jake's projects the money goes to help raise funds for kids that can't afford to sign up to play these sports that are extremely expensive right and it, it has been very popular the last uh, week or so so uh, i'm always glad to see it when those emails come through i want to mention too because i meant to mention it last week because the draft was last weekend and then we came on and did a show mm-hmm. i said i would throw i would throw out a t-shirt to anybody that can oh, yeah. beat me in a mock draft well only one person beat me who was that jeff williams kicked your ass dude he did he kicked everybody's ass (laughs)
1: how many did he get right
0: dude he got like nine and and, and so he did great he did better that's really good honestly i went to a bunch of different mock draft sites afterwards and he beat every single person i could find i mean how many people signed up do you know uh, probably close to 20 something no way yeah that people put the time it does take time oh yeah for me to say put a mock draft together well yeah okay i'll participate then people realize i'm doing this for about three hours if you're serious right and um, and Jeff did a great job. I'd I knocked everyone else off. And then he, he sent me an email saying, hey, did I kick your ass? And I go, yeah, you sure did. And <laughs> then. Right. But I mean, he's the kind of guy, dude, you should look into doing a website because God dang, man, he, he was outstanding. So I wrote to Jeff and I said to him, so I hope if, if you know Jeff Williams, let, let him know. That I'm willing to send the shirt out, but I don't have his address. So, so Jeff, I need you to contact me. I'm happy to send out a Dave and Jeff shirt, no problem.
1: And uh, just be careful. I'm sure Jeff will understand. I think everybody's moving, post office especially right now, uh, moving a little slow with everything going on, but yeah, Jeff, congratulations. We'll get you one. You getting him
0: that shirt right there? Yeah, because I'm wearing one right now. I'm wearing, got it right now. Love
1: it. Yep, absolutely. So uh,
0: again, Jeff, congratulations. I meant to bring it up last week, but I sent you an email. You you didn't respond back to it, so I just want to make sure that you know I'm not avoiding you. Um, Got to ask you, did you do the hotel thing this weekend?
1: I did. It's great. You know, I I have a son. I have two sons. My one son's kind of going through it. A little bit. You mean He's, like the
0: the COVID nineteen things no, getting to him.
1: I don't know if it's that man, but I was talking to him yesterday, both of them, and I was just saying, hey, you know, day to day, how you feeling on a scale of one to ten? And the one son said I'm about an eight. And the other one said I'm a five. Really? And you hear that? And he and I talked a lot yesterday. We talked a lot last night. We've talked a lot today. To the point, Dave, that <clears throat> I I wanted to get in front of it. He is, a, I mean, probably kill me, but I don't care. He has a phone interview tomorrow with the therapist. Good. And I said, I said to him last night, I "Go, man, it's a poison, and you got to get it out. I know it better than anybody. You have to get it out." And uh, and he's going to do that tomorrow, and it's cool. And then Good. the other thing that I did because they're home and their homework's really limited, and I, I'm not. I'm not judging the schools or anything, right? But it's really limited, and they're knocking everything out in an hour. You can't go outside. You know, these fucking HOAs everywhere. I, I've never met an HOA that's impressive yeah, because it's a bunch of old retired fuckheads that have nothing better to do. And all of a sudden now, because nobody else wanted to do it, they feel like they've been elected uh, to the to the Supreme Court. And now they're going to start dictating rules for the neighborhood. Well, if you're not going to school and you can't get out and run around when you're 12 years old and burn that energy and you can't go down, you can't go to the pool and you can't go shoot hoops and you're stuck in the house and at 12, none of your buddies ever really call on the phone, right? I mean, how many people have a landline? Mom and dad have cell phones. They don't get a landline. So you can't talk to your buddies. And, uh, so you end up playing video games yeah. during the day. And you're just really isolated in what you do. The plans you get from the school take you a half hour, 45 minutes. Well, the schools were caught flat-footed. I, I love the La Mesa Spring Valley School District has been great. I don't blame them. I'm sure if this was to happen again in five years, they'll be much more mm-hmm. prepared than anybody who was caught off guard, right? But they just, oh, huh, uh, uh the, the movie
0: Bachelor Party's on right now.
1: My goodness. Um but they end up spending a lot of time by themselves. Yeah. So Dave, I did I just did a couple of things for him talking to him. I said, A, hey, you used to read and you're not really reading anything. So I said, What if we look for a book and we find you a cool book and we start talking we kind of looked at a couple of different books, and the book he settled on was Phil Jackson, Eleven Rings. Cool. So we ordered that. Then I said, uh I said, hey man, you're really good with the art. And I go, it makes me wonder every day whose kid you are, because I can't draw the guy in Hangman. Yeah. Much less anything else. And they do these adult coloring books, right? Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. And so I got him one that had video game characters. So guys that he knows, but he can, he's got colored pencils and pens and stuff. And he dug that. And then the third thing I found, which (laughs) was really cool, was I found this thing. It's a father-son journal. And I write in it day one, you know, my favorite things, uh, TV show, movies, right? All that kind of stuff. Then I give it to him. He fills in that page. Then it comes back to me and the next thing, you know, different things. And then it goes back to him. And I kind of talk to him about it. I go, hey, what do you think of this? And he goes, oh, this is great. So I say, cool, I'll order it. (laughs) And then uh, when I ordered it, um, I got an email back. And it's from the Church of Latter-day Saints.
0: Latter-day Saints. Latter-day
1: Saints, sorry. I'm like, What shit. (laughs) So...
0: It's your favorite Bible verse.
1: You know what? And listen, man, I respect everybody. Whatever your belief is, he and I aren't doing that shit. You and Steve Bartkowski, are going to sit down with him? So I said, well, I'll uh, just respectfully <laughs> take that fucking page out, right? I don't need all this. Uh, no, God, <laughs> hey, man, whatever. I'm not judging anybody. It's just not how he and I connect. Yeah. But you know what, Dave? I'm incredibly thankful to them. Because if I take two pages out, it looks like there's about 80 pages that are going to be really fun. Yeah. And I love that. And uh, so, yeah. So the other thing is just kind of like you said, we have been getting just getting out of town and going to Encinitas and getting a hotel. And we did it again Saturday night. And so we go, we, we bring the PS4, we plug it in. Dude, I watched a movie Saturday night that had me laughing out loud. We've been on like a Will Ferrell movie thing every week. It started with Step Brothers. Then it was Talladega Nights. Then it was Semi-Pro. And last night it was The Other Guys. Yeah. I told you to watch that. Holy fuck, dude. I I swear to God, when Sam Jackson and The Rock say, Aim for the Bushes. And they jump off this building. Now, considering my best friend committed suicide by jumping off, like it shouldn't strike me funny. Dude, when they're like, you think of what I'm thinking? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, aim for the bushes. And he jumps, and you're watching, and you're like, fuck, I don't see any bushes. And these two idiots and my son goes, the rock never dies. I go, well, he just (laughs) fucking died there. Mark Wahlberg and Rob Riggle and Gator... Holy fuck! Was that movie underrated that? and funny as shit? How great is that? Michael it, Keaton. Yeah,
0: I, I knew you'd love it. I, it was it had too many guys in it that you like. I I knew you'd laugh here. Oh, the, the storyline of Mark Wahlberg shooting Derek
1: Jeter dude, was funny as shit. Unbelievable! And when he's the Yankee Clipper, <laughs> you douche. <laughs> and dude, uh, Will Ferrell's wife's ugly as <laughs> shit. Eva Mendes. Yes, and he's like. Night, Sheila. Bye, Terry. Go to bed. Go to the house, Alan. I fucking, I knew you'd love it. Dude, that's one of the most. That, to me, was funnier than Semi-Pro. That that should have been the movie where you're like, dude, that's right up your alley. I couldn't fucking breathe in that movie. So, yeah. The office shot? we in the office? Dude, I never saw it. Like I don't know when that movie came out at least 10 years ago it's got to be right yeah. so they were probably one or two so i wouldn't have had a chance to see it i'm sorry it's just kind of like one of those movies that just dropped into the abyss holy shit that was funny <laughs> as fuck and so uh yeah so we did that and then um we got out on saturday night and went up to stone steps everybody knows stone steps in encinitas So if you if you're a local And Dave, man, I'm telling you, just hanging out and the whole red tide and uh, luminescence going on. You could see it. It was cool. And it was great in Cardiff. It was great. Encinitas and Carlsbad were all kind of really mellow, man. Oceanside, my buddy, uh, Sean Ambrose, who owns Real Surf Shop. If you watch Animal Kingdom on TNT, it's the Yellow Surf Shop. It's, It's our buddy, Sean Ambrose, owns it. And Sean's done these shirts that say, keep Oceanside real. And I go in the other day, two different places. One, there's a little distillery that, right, bar and distillery, that, or a restaurant and distillery that had a close. So they adjusted on the fly, and they're making hand sanitizer. that's really good. Yeah, I've seen it on the news. Yeah, so I stopped by and saw those guys at Pacific Coast. They're great. And, uh... Dude's got the the real Oceanside, or keep Oceanside real, Sean's shirt. I go, fuck, that's my buddy, did it. He goes, dude, Oceanside coming together, man, it, and it was cool. And then we just uh, went next door and got some drinks and bottle of water, and the dude working in the store, Dave, you walk in, and you get your stuff, and he's got the shirt on. I said, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, oh, we're good. He goes, hang on, fire that hand out. Come on, we got to look out for each other. <laughs> they're, they're squirting the hand sanitizer, and. Get your sons in here. Let's keep everybody healthy. And so, oh man, it was cool in North County. It was a good weekend, and everybody was kind of looking out. Felt like everybody was. I didn't see everybody out in public wearing a mask. No, but we did.
0: Yeah. So so do we. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, again, I'm not running all over the place. I did Encinitas yesterday. Went up to see. Uh, my brother in law and sister in law up in Encinitas, and you know, he's a doctor and as soon as we walked in, he hand sanitizer and everybody right. stays six feet apart and right we were outside. You know, we weren't even in this house. And he's like, hey, six feet apart. And
1: why not, and I said, right? dude,
0: I, I didn't blame him for one bit. I mean, no. he, the guy's done it his whole life. Both his two of his sons, two of his three sons are doctors. Yeah. They're working six days a week. He said, man, to put that stuff on, we all see on the news what those guys have to put on. Right. He goes, it's hot as shit. It's hard to breathe. It's uncomfortable. Then if you have to go to the bathroom, he goes, it's such a, it's hard enough doing that job. Then have to do that job for 12, 14 hours oh, at a gosh. time. And I just like, dude, you know what? don't think that people don't appreciate it because right. they, they do. I mean, if, if you don't, it's uh, you're wrong. You've said from this starting over two months ago, hey, man, be cool to the people that are working and, right. and, and are there for you, whether it's the person at McDonald's getting me my Diet Coke once a day or, yeah. you know, the story in Michigan today was so disgusting. I didn't hear that one. Oh, my gosh. A, a lady tried to walk into a store, and the security guard outside the store said you have to put a mask on. And she freaked out, went home, told her husband. Her husband and his friend came back, shot him, and killed him.
1: Jesus Christ, man.
0: And you just go, well, dude, you're going to be in prison. Yeah. Guess what? I mean, it just, like, are you insane? It just, you sit there and you look at that. The story in Santee yesterday dude, became a, a worldwide story. On? It was embarrassing as shit with the clan yeah. mask. Yeah. It was, um, you start to wonder. And then, you know, I don't know about you, but I'll go on Facebook once a day. And then yeah. you start looking at, at Facebook and so many people are so angry oh then i'm like hold on you're alive yeah every one of your family members is alive let's calm down and be being angry no one's in a perfect circumstance right now no stop being so angry right now well that's, that's the, i think people are just at their boiling point a lot of them don't say everybody i'm yeah. not i mean no. I, I, i'm not but i understand i'm not a again i'm not a 12 year old and i'm not at the same time i'm not a six-year-old where it calmed the fuck down right you know as a six-year-old person or a 50 year old person who I'm following on these people on Facebook, we know some of them been radio. Right, it's embarrassing as shit to go, oh. dude. You're an adult. You don't even have any kids. No, calm down. Calm the fuck down, and you'd say, man, what kind of example are you? Just, just calm the fuck down. Every you can't have everybody freaking out at once.
1: No, but I I talked to a friend today that I get it. It kind of reminds you because for me, I'm lucky enough to go to work every day, and I hope that continues for as long as it continues. Right. But I talked to a friend today who was furloughed a couple yeah. weeks back and cannot get through to the unemployment office and cannot get the first check and is scared. Yeah, and I understand. He, And he goes, shit. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, and that's where... And I just... Man, Dave, I, the only thing I can do is control what happens with me and my kids, right? And yeah. And so... The mask goes on. When we go out, you're in and you're out, right? Like, we went and got uh, sandwiches. We go in, we get the fuck out. Or I go in, they don't even come in. And I, I just thank everybody, you know? But again, like, the deal in Santee yesterday was incredibly frustrating to me because living in, first off, growing up in North County, Santee was just a fucking joke, right? Santee might as well have been Montana. The only thing I knew about Santee is that it felt like we drove four hours to get there for the boxing shows that took place at the roller rink. But over the last couple of years, they have tried to change the culture out there, and they have. And from the time my kids were like five... I started taking them out to that Barnes & Noble to get them books, and they do so many family events, and the people that work there. And then maybe you're in the Target, or you're in a couple of the restaurants there, and they're so nice. And you go, well, God dang, dude, if if anybody has done an amazing job doing a turnaround, it's the city of Santee. And to see that yesterday, like I it's a low hanging fruit for people that haven't been out there for a long time, but I really genuinely felt bad for the, the people that worked hard to change the culture of that city yeah. because it is cool and it is family friendly and you can fuck You can get anything. I've always said I live two minutes from the La Mesa Costco. I would drive to the Santee Costco because I could get better things. And the line took half the time it took to get out of the one on Fletcher Parkway. Who is that dude? Like, that guy, man, that's not Santee, Dave. That's San
0: Diego to me. Well, that's how people look at it when you talk about a national story. What happened in San Diego? That's what the national story is. We should is. look at that. And it's it, it's bad. I mean, here's the deal. I, I didn't know anything about Santee except when I used to coach against them in Little League and I'd have to mm-hmm. go out there. But I spent three years out there coaching at West Hills High School. Oh, right. So I have a ton right. of friends out there. You know, right. and, and so again, when you when I look at the area and I'm going, man, the people aren't what I thought. What the what the perception that was dished upon me 12, twelve, thirteen right. years ago, and then you, I always look at housing prices. Santee's yeah. housing prices are going way, way up. You're right; it's an up and coming community, as you say. They've built a, a lot. They've given you a plenty of reasons to go out there, and then all of a sudden, you see a horrible story. Just one guy, again. But yeah. man, it it was it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for for my friends that because if it happened here in Eastlake, I'd be super pissed too. Yeah, you know it's like, wait a second, that's not what the, the people my my friends their beliefs are. I, I, no way would any of them have
1: a Klan hat. We needed the late Sam Weish to go yes. get that guy, find him, and get him out of here. <laughs> we don't live in Alabama. You live in San <laughs> The next guy walks in here in a Klan mask. Like what the fuck, dude, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give this security guard shit for wearing a mask, but we just look at that fucking asshole like it's no big deal. And he just looked like dumb as shit too, yeah. right? He looked like where you go, this fucking guy. Camouflage t-shirt. Yeah, just sitting there dopey. Mask. Like, dude, what <laughs> that's that's the people you have to deal with, right? Yeah. Those are the people that live anytime you start to think like we're a pretty civilized city. The fuck we are? Look at that asshole. Now, I know a lot of you, like Gavin Newsom, would say, hey, man, he's not San Diego's problem. He came from Newport Beach because when everything else fails, we blame Newport Beach. But I was like, oh, dude, Dude, it just sucked. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Just sucked. But find that guy. Yeah. And then, dude, how about this shit? Yeah. One of my closest friends doing the right thing, social distancing, um, orders groceries from Instacart. I don't know. I think that's kind of, I'm not familiar with them. Orders $130 worth of groceries. Yeah. And the delivery driver for Instacart stole all her shit. Holy shit. Wow. Now, like, and and as of this morning, it hadn't been resolved and, again, I don't know anything about the company. I'm sure they're working to get it taken care of. But you're like, well, goddamn, if the driver's ripping you off, yeah. you think my friend's going to put another 150 bucks out? in? Well, now she's going to have to do it. Now she's got to go. And so that's one more person that's in the store. Yeah, it's uh, crazy times, man. Just, I don't know. I just... Try, try your best, right? But I, I know it's easier to send than done, but no, I'm, uh, I'm proud of all of you. And yeah, Email Steve Woods. He'll answer all your emails. He'll <laughs> answer everything for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, a couple things i got to ask you. Did you see game four of the NLCS when they replayed it on Saturday night? Did you and your boys watch it?
1: I didn't watch it Saturday. It's the only thing I have on my DVR. It's okay. The only thing I have on my uh, DVR is three, four, and five. And, Dave, I will probably – I'll keep them for a long, long time because, like, Jerry, Dave Campbell, Ted, so great. But when Big D yells, and there will be tomorrow, it gives you chills, man. It gives you chills. And being lucky enough to be at Game 3, I saw part of that Friday, just watching, you know, the highlights and – Gary Matthews and Garve and just yeah. the overhead shot and uh, Earl Weaver and Reggie Jackson. Reggie was great, by the way. Big D is great. Yeah.
0: I, I, you know, Reggie Jackson, again, was a player at the time. Yeah. And I remember when Reggie Jackson was doing Angel Games and he retired with Joe Torrey. Oh, wow. Do you remember that? And they were so good doing the Angel Games. But Reggie Jackson, before Garvey hits the home run, at the very beginning of the game, he goes, Garvey wants to stay behind the ball and go to right kept saying it over and over again and he wasn't going to right. He was yeah. pulling balls for doubles down the line. He had a great game, like 4 for 5. And he kept saying man, he's trying to stay behind the ball and go to right. And then the game went and hit ends up being exactly what Reggie told you basically in the f- first inning. But it was um it was it was so exciting to watch to watch it from here from San Diego again. Yeah. I think as a baseball fan, there's not a time in my life I was more excited than when Garvey hit the home run. I was living right. in Nashville. <laughs> I think I was in Seventh grade and man, I remember just running from one end of my it's house crazy, back right? and forth. It's crazy. No one in my house was watching it but me. Yeah. And I, I was losing <laughs> right. my fucking mind. I couldn't believe it. And yeah. uh it was it was the happiest I've been. And I had a I had the brown Padre Road jersey. I owned yeah. it. Yeah. No one in, in Nashville had no. that jersey. I weren't at school. People had no idea what the fuck no. it was. But it was cool as shit to see Garvey hit that home run. And um for me at least being a Garvey fan, that's when when the Dodgers won not sign him, I was so pissed. I became a Padre yeah. fan. I was so fucking angry. But, man, to watch Garvey come through yeah. was was awesome. And uh, to see it again, I, it's on my DVR right now. I kept did you it. you see Dave Sniff on the field? I did. I uh, to see, like about 14. Yeah, to see all the guys on there were amazing. Some of the things that are weird about these games, not just the Padre games, but watching even the the games in 75 when the Red Sox are playing the Red Sox. The Red Sox are playing the Reds. And yeah. you're sitting there watching uh, the games, and you're going, none of the catchers frame no, the horse shit. The strike zone's much higher than right. it is now below the knee a little bit. It, it's funny if the, the Langston pitch, if that was in oh, 1984, yeah. that's definitely a ball. But at the the time Langston threw it in 98, that's a strike. That's a strike, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So the catching is so much different. The umpires, I'm watching Nettles up to bat. The catcher calls, I mean, the umpire calls one a strike, two feet off the plate. Yeah. And Nettles is like, fuck. Like, you're you're fucking my hole at bat. Right. I don't know if the next pitch is going to be off the (laughs) plate and i got to swing at it. But you could see he was so fucking frustrated with umpiring. And you go, okay, at what point did the game change? And to go... You know, the, the 84 team was really fun to watch. Alan Wiggins was really fun to watch. Right. I mean, we all know Tony, knew Tony yeah. would hit like 354 that yeah. year. But Alan Wiggins was a threat with his bunts and his speed. And and you just sit there and you, you love that team. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and it was really fun to watch. I was just curious to know if you guys are watching, you're trying to explain along the way to your boys about what that one game meant to the city.
1: No, that, that whole deal, Dave, to me is incredible. And it's uh, it's personal. Because, like I said, I was only able to go to Game 3. I was talking to my brother about it the other day. Do you remember what you paid? I don't. I still have, it's funny, in storage I still have my ticket stub and I still have my game program.
0: So you didn't scalp the ticket or did you no, get the ticket
1: master No, we got tickets uh, and I actually went to the game with my sister. My sister and I went to the game. We had an absolute blast. My sister's five years older than me. And so she and I went, and we just we had a blast. That's cool. We had, and my brother was there. He was on the opposite side of the stadium, but it was funny because he was living in PB. My brother's four years older than me, and he and I were talking about it the other night. We were he and I were watching part of uh, uh, game three, and I said, "Were you at this game?" And he said, "No, I was at the Bavakwa game." And he said, "I was at." He may have been at. The, I think he went to three and five. I think he was at the clinching. He goes, yeah, I got a yeah. ticket late. I sat down there, got a scalper ticket, and then he goes, yeah, I got into the Bavakwa game, game two of the World Series. Cool. But for me, I watched those games. My buddy Cheech, and last week was the anniversary of my buddy's passing. Um, he and I watched those games at his house. Yeah, <clears throat> And we were the only two guys on my block that loved the Pods. Like, they were casual fans, but he and I loved him. My buddy Doug Penn and me, Cheech, and Doug watched the Garvey game. We fucking lost our mind. Yep. And then because we were superstitious, we had a swing back, same setup. You sit there. Yep. Cubs get out to the lead. We're changing around. We're doing all our shit. And then uh, they come back, you know, and uh, one hopper to Nettles to Wiggins, and, uh, and you just lost your mind. Yep. So – um I was kind of, there'll be a time when I'm ready to watch those again, but it just, it brings you back to just hanging with your buddy, guys that I really at that time in 84 had only known for a couple of years, but God, they felt like brothers to you. And, uh, and it was incredible. So no, I have them and I'll, uh, it's kind of like Dave, I'm not a wine drinker, but they say you got to kind of savor it. Yeah. Those will be things I just kind of go back and watch it and, I'll kind of take them one at a time, right? Game three, being there, the Garvey home run. Do you remember uh,
0: where you sat? What part
1: of the stadium? Yeah, out in right field. Out in right field. And like I've said on this show a million times, like the funniest thing that I remember about that game is Dennis Eckersley starting for the Cubs and just going, this guy sucks, (laughs) which he did. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, man, Tony La changes him to a closer and the guy's a Hall of Famer.
0: It is something else. You know what's interesting? We all know about Goose Gossage, and Mm -hmm. and he was great with other teams. And for the Padres, he was fine. But, man, he had a horrible postseason. He did not do well in the postseason. And you're going, man, what happened to Goose? Right.
1: How about Eddie Lee just throwing that junk ball up there? Yeah. Winston throwing nothing but curveballs. But huge movement on the breaker ball. Like, it was really fun. So, no, I love, man, I love Fox Sports San Diego Like, I said to Posner in the UT, like, dude, do old school stuff, right? Like, tell me what was going on. And they're doing these little, like, sidebar columns. And I don't know how much Space Jay's given. I don't know what the paper's doing. So it's hard to criticize. But there were different things going on on May the 4th through 50 years, right? Like, dude, I'll tell you a perfect example, Dave. Ring Magazine boxing magazine, I subscribe to The Ring. And the last issue that they sent, the guy said, holy cow, the editor, uh, Doug Fisher, wrote, man, um, our previous issue had Tyson Fury on the cover. He had just beaten Deontay Wilder, and we were talking about, look at 2020, what kind of year we're off to, and we were looking ahead to big fights, and then basically the world stopped. Yeah. And they did that issue. Men's Journal is a cool magazine. They're done. San Diego Magazine, they're done, right? Bunch of magazines are done. They're not doing anything. Hockey News is done. Ring Magazine, goddamn. They said, you know what we're going to do? And I go out to the mail the other day, and here's an issue. And it's got Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, Marvin Hagler, and Ray Leonard on the cover. Yeah. And what they did was, it's an entire issue dedicated to the fights between these guys. So Leonard Duran, the first fight in Montreal, the second fight, no mas. All about those fights, what happened? Hagler-Hearns, Hagler-Duran, Hearns-Duran, and of course Hearns-Leonard. And I go, dude, that's what I'm fucking talking about. That's what it takes. Go back and go, hey... We may not have an updated Canelo fight, but you're a fight fan and I bet you'd love looking back at history with the four kings of basically the middleweight yeah, division. Absolutely. It was outstanding where you go, Oh shit. It's about I don't know. Feels like about eighty to a hundred pages, like they pictures, all the all the predictions they put in, like who chose who. Outstanding. And uh and you go, Yeah, that's all I'm looking for, man. Like be able to adjust on the fly and goddamn, they did it. So if you're a fight fan, the ring magazine, that's out, you may have to go to their website. I don't know if anybody, I can't imagine all the bookstores are closed, but Holy shit. Is it great? Yeah. I loved it.
0: You know, the other day I was out and I was walking by house and there was a newspaper in front of the house and it was weird to see. And it just it used to be back yeah. in the day, everybody had a newspaper, at least in the majority yeah. of the houses had a newspaper and you don't see them, and when I saw one, it was weird to see. And then I went home that day and I turned my computer on, and I see Kevin Kernan let go. Yeah, by the New York Post, and you just go twenty-three years. man. Times have changed. I mean, really, when you when I was looking at the newspaper, I was thinking, and I and I get it on my computer. I don't mm. have it delivered to my home because just like the same problem you had, it was coming too late. It used to yeah. be you get it at five twenty in the morning. Now all of a sudden you're getting it at ten thirty in the morning, and well, it's no point. I want it. I want it sooner. So. Yeah. I look at it on the computer, and there's certain guys that obviously we know in this town that write, and I want to see yeah. what they're going to say. But you overall, you just go, man, that is one of those things. This business is dying so fast, and you kept yeah. hearing 20 years ago it was on its way out, and you, in my mind, I never wrapped my head around it, going, well, how can that possibly be? Right. But now you see, it is one of those things. There's no need for a newspaper.
1: No, for some reason they deliver it to my ex-wife every day because I'll go over there and they'll be, and I go, what happened? You've never had those. She goes, I know. I don't know what happened. But she goes, I get it every day. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, for goddamn day, for the last 10, 15 years, I was getting the LA Times and the Union every day. Yeah. But I was laughing. so, Kev Kernan left the New York Post. In 1997, I was producing Sports Talk with Hank and Kevin. Kev had come off the Chargers beat. They were putting Jim Trotter on the beat. He was kind of frustrated with things, the way they were going at the Union Tribune. We didn't really know what our future was at KFMB as a show. And he and I sat in that ratty little studio where you and I, goddamn, you know, whatever, 18 months later, started this show. And he goes, you know, man, I've been called by the New York Post. And I'm, I'm a newspaper guy. Like, yeah. when you say that, Dave, when I was in high school in Cardiff... I would get the L.A. Times, but my number one paper that I got every day was the Herald-Examiner. Herald-Examiner was the greatest paper in Southern California ever, especially from a sports page. No sports pages. If you think any sports page, whether it was the Union, whether it was the Green Sheet with the Tribune, the L.A. Times, the fucking Blade Citizen, the Times Advocate, any of these other fucking papers that have come through this city— all nice guys, nothing compared to the Herald examiner It's the greatest sports section ever. And they went out. I always kind of felt that way about the New York post. I go, God damn, this is a cool paper. And Kevin, and I just sat in there and I was like, dude, you're a Jersey guy. His kids were Kelly and, and Corey were, were younger. And, uh, but he went back and took it, and for 23 years, man, I think he started, he went back, and he was on the Knicks beat when he left, and then they gave him a chance to be a columnist, and holy shit, man, he he lived the life of, of Riley for yeah. the last five years, traveling, Little League World Series, whatever he wanted to cover, but it's a changing world, man, and so... uh I said, well, shit, come on back. We'll put the band back together. Yeah. I said, Hank's not doing shit. Kevin Finerty's fucking around. I go, we'll put this shit back together. But I, I genuinely felt bad for him because he loved to do it. He loved that paper. And, yeah, sucks. You know,
0: it, it, you and I used to make the joke all the time when Kevin would come on because he used to come on as a guest all the time. Yeah. And whenever kevin would come on we would ask him hey it's, it's big news that the covid
1: 19
0: Al- alex rodriguez was traded from the rangers to the yankees well guys just like i told you back in 1993 <laughs> yeah. and we like this fucking <laughs> guy remember not? that shit you know All the he, time. he always acted like he told us ahead of time i wrote it and you know
1: what dave he may have Oh, my gosh. It we was were just like, this fucking This maniac. fucking
0: guy. So when he said, hey, I was let go after 23 years, first thing in my mind is, well, didn't you see it coming? Yeah, didn't you write it? <laughs> <laughs> <did> you're like, <laughs> no,
1: you don't write that. But um, you,
0: you, hate to, you hate to see it from, from all these guys. I mean, all yeah. these guys that we know, we saw it kind of with the North County Times when guys are losing their jobs. And uh, you're like, that seems strange.
1: Well, it was terrible. That yeah. paper was bought by the Union Tribune just to put that paper out of business. Yeah. That's the only reason. And all those guys, whether it was Jay Paris, John Maffey, Scott Bear, and others that wrote for that paper, the the Union Tribune ownership group basically bought the North County Times to fold the North County yeah. Times. And it really was awful. That, sucks. that was a fun little yeah. paper. Dude, the North County yeah. Times was cool. I liked that paper. They were good, man. And we knew so many
0: guys that that worked there. That yeah, loved, Scotty you know? Bear
1: did a great job.
0: And it was... It was, uh, again, disappointing. You always feel bad for anybody when they lose a job. And, yeah. And, uh, again, I, I, I feel bad for Kevin. I don't know where, how close he was to saying, hey, I was going to retire anyway. But it's just one of those. Well, we knew him here in San Diego for a long time. He did a great job when he was here. And he left for greener pastures. And, and he did a great job for a long time as well.
1: All right. Let's get to this. We've been doing the show on Monday night. Yeah. Because Sunday night has been the last dance. Yep. And, Dave, I told you. I said Monday, uh, episode one and two were probably an eight. I thought pretty good. A lot of background stuff. And you go, okay. Episodes three and four. I go, yeah, it's good. But I'm kind of waiting for like, where's the steak, man? Where's the steak on the bone? Holy cow. Five and six, which aired last night. Yes. Okay. It starts with episode five with Kobe Bryant. And when you find out that that had been taped a week before Kobe passed away, dude, how you can't watch that and just be like, "Oh my gosh!" Right? Yeah, that's You're what, watching yeah. this thing.
0: That's how I feel every time. Uh, you know, I follow his wife on Instagram because she yeah. constantly posts stuff about Kobe and her daughter, who she misses so much. I know what she's feeling because I felt the same emotions. You know, there's a, yeah. a time period where it hits you in waves, and so I like when she she posts stuff. But I tell you what, outside of Jake passing, yeah, Kobe Bryant passing, uh, and and I didn't oh. know Kobe extremely no. well. I, I mean, I, I knew Kobe, but I didn't know Kobe. I didn't have his phone number. But it was it's devastating, that, right? That that Kobe died. Kobe meant so much to our family. For my kids, he, he was yeah. their guy, and uh, and it's just so freaking sad to see. I was I love the way they showed the Kobe Bryant part. I love yeah. how they're saying, you know in memory of the whole deal. Yeah, you know. Um, Before you get into it real quick, someone asked me the other day, what's your favorite Michael Jordan moment? I go, you know, it used to be when he hit the game-winning shot at North Carolina as a freshman because I was a Carolina fan. But honestly, Michael Jordan speaking at Kobe's funeral was was my favorite Michael Jordan moment.
1: Well, and I think, Dave, after what we saw last night in episode five, to me just magnified how great Jordan was at the memorial. Yes. Because Jordan has been – in the shadows, and you go, man. You don't see much out of them. You don't hear much out of them, Dave. I tell you what. What we saw in episode six, the entire episode, to me, I don't. I'm not claustrophobic. It made me claustrophobic watching that. Yep. I've never. I. I am a Jordan fan. I absolutely loved watching the recap of the Bulls and the Knicks. Yep. Because I just remember as a casual NBA fan liking both of those teams. Yes. So I didn't hate the Knicks. I didn't hate the Bulls. I could sit there and watch that, and enjoy it. But when you see the background of what's going on, what Pat Riley is telling him, what what Phil Jackson's saying, and then you go from that to the play or to the finals with Barkley. I've never liked Danny Ainge, but I love Barkley. Yeah. And the Suns. God damn, Dave, when he's talking about Dan Marley and he says, I know Cherry Krause likes Dan Marley, you're like, oh no. Yeah. Thunder he, Dan's gonna get ruined. He
0: was trying to trade Pippin for Marley. How about it's, that? It's yeah.
1: absolutely but Dave, I'm telling you, when you just see the mass of people that surround him everywhere yep. he goes, when he's lying on the couch in the hotel and saying you can just see it i i can't leave i'm i'm here i just go oh my god like it just gives you like the whole thing about the shoes i found really good i loved all that how
0: crazy is that that he didn't want to even talk with nike right yeah his mom's made him take the meeting
1: but i kept saying where is the moment gonna be in this series where you go oh it was that feeling when I'm watching it and I go, I literally feel claustrophobic and I'm not even in the same yeah. room because everywhere he goes, there is the mass of people. And and when the guy said, I believe it was the media guy for the Bulls, who said everywhere he goes, there's people waiting for him. and And the time he's spending with the sick kids, the media... Right, all the different things he has to do. But when the when the PR guy from the Bulls says and then every night you have to go out and perform, sixty-two thousand people in the Georgia dome. Yeah. I just go, Okay, that's what I was waiting on. (laughs) One and two, three and four, fine. Setting the groundwork. Five with Kobe was incredible. Episode six. When you see it, when he said, man, they, they take heroes, they build us up to tear us down because they didn't want me to be the McDonald's guy. They didn't want me to be the Gatorade guy. They had to find something. I just go, holy shit. Yeah. That was when you I You and I, got, I
0: have talked about this on the show for 20 years about like tiger and everyone else we've talked about over the right. time. That we love to build them up, then tear them down and see them come back up.
1: Oh, I just sat there like yeah. thinking about it. You go, it just- like, I, I, I don't think. How I, about when Magic said, you guys are going to push them out
0: of this league. Right. Before they left the first time.
1: The Olympic shit was great. Yeah. The stuff from the Barcelonas, where it's like, it's not the 90s. What's that mean? <laughs> or this is the 90s. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> you're yeah. saying, back and forth with Magic and Larry. But just, I go, oh, my God. If you don't go through those two hours last night and. I think we all have an appreciation for yeah. him, but if you don't look at that and go, "Dude, yeah, how did you do that?" Yeah, like in just pure appreciation, you know. I just co- it blew it really. There, so much of it made me uncomfortable. on yes. for a guy I've never met in my life, but you go, "Oh my God, how did we do that to the guy?"
0: See, so yeah, a couple things that that are different in the NBA now. You notice everybody goes to the podium. So you don't have that claustrophobic feeling anymore.
1: Now I get it. Yeah.
0: And it's a really good idea. And I've I've told you the story. I think I might have said it on this one. But the very first time he came back out of retirement and they play the Clippers for the first time. Yeah. And they're playing at the pond because they play seven games a year at the pond. Well, Jordan had never been in the pond. And so he comes off the court after shooting warmups and he walks right at me and he goes, hey, Dave, I've never been here before. Can you show me where our locker room is? I'm like, holy fuck, Michael Jordan knows my name. took me, dude, three hours to realize <laughs> I had a badge the size of a fucking license plate that said Dave right. on it. Right,
1: but what a cool dude to say yeah. you buy your name. You didn't s- have to do that. No,
0: and that's when him and I walked back to the locker room. It was just like you saw all those people reaching yeah. for autographs, uh. and, and I said, that is the coolest thing I've ever fucking seen. And he, that's when he said, you would think it's cool until you do it every day, and no he goes, way. when you have kids— It all comes to an end of saying, this isn't what I want anymore. No way. And uh, so him and I spoke for about 20 minutes when nobody knew he was in the locker room. Yeah. We talked about the Barons. We talked, I mean, talking about, you know, Birmingham Barons. And we're talking about different things, North Carolina and stuff. And people realize, hey, Jordan's in the locker room. Then all of a sudden, here comes the swarm. Oh, boy. But then he said to me, you want to see what it's like? Next time I come to town, I'll let you hang with me for a day. And that's when I got to follow him from 10 in the morning till 11 at night. It was just like that. Yeah. It was nuts. And I tell you what, the one thing I give him credit for, because we've seen all, everyone get the red ass with the media. Right. You see all the people there. So guys in the back can't hear him a- answer a question from, you know, hey, what did Phoenix do against you today? Right. He answered every question like it was the first time I heard it over and over and God, over again. Dang. He was he, He's not the greatest guy in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm saying from my experience watching him, he's better than fucking 99.9% Dave, of them.
1: Dave, there's I, I just tell you, man, I, I watched that thing and you you look at it and you go, No everybody you know your personality, yeah. right? I'm saying anybody that watches that, we know our own individual personality. Yeah. There's absolutely no way. There's it would dude, it would break me. Yeah. It, me it me just,
0: too. I don't know anybody that can do it every single and, day.
1: Yeah. And now you look and you go, All right, well and you look at guys in just locally, right? Yeah. On a smaller scale, but but rivers. You um, asked about North County. What I did yesterday, we were up in uh, we're up in Oceanside, and and a wonderful friend who listens to the show will keep her name, you know, quiet. Yep. But I had talked about Junior, and I said, hey, I know Junior's up in Oceanside at Eternal Hills. And I said, God, I'd kind of like to know where he is. And a really nice friend of the show sent me an email and said, hey, I used to work there. Here's exactly where he is. And I took my kids, because we we're in the neighborhood, I go, oh, hey, let's go see Junior. Yeah. Because I wanted to visit um, That's cool. my buddy Tom and Ben and Marty and Phil's parents that were a huge impact on my life. They're 20 yards away from Junior.
0: Yep. Wow.
1: And so I was able to visit them. But I said to my kids, I go, hey, let's go say hi to Junior. Right? He's right here. So we did. But... I mean Junior had that swarm, right? Yes. Tony had that, but not Junior and Tony, Trevor and Rivers, all of them would all tell you the same thing. Oh, we had it, but we never had that. Yeah. And I'm sorry, man. I I just watched that and I go, there's I boy, you got to be a pretty strong strong personality to not only excel at the level that he did and what he did, but to put up with that. And then you got Jerry Krause trying to get rid of the guy who – you you're like, dude.
0: Like, it was crazy. Oh. I mean, uh, the whole thing is crazy. The fact that he leaves once, leaves again, and then comes back again with the Wizards. And people want to say, oh, he was with the Wizards. He didn't do anything. He averaged 20 points a game. Yeah. He wasn't terrible with the Wizards. I mean, to take that much time off and then jump back in – and again, I'm uh, I'm fascinated by it. I think they're doing a good job on the way they tell the story. I'm glad you're uh, oh. you're starting to watch it. And, no, and, and I've appra- enjoyed like all of them. Yeah, but that was a 10 for you yesterday.
1: Oh, off the charts. Yeah, that's cool. Absol- five was really good. Five to me was right up there with the first two where you go and eight. Yeah. What I watched, like when six was done, I was just like, oh, I was like exhausted. I couldn't believe, like it was awesome to yeah. show you. This is what this dude goes through. And it must be what I mean, I guess what they talk, right? Like the Beatles or Michael Jackson or anybody else yeah. has gone through and you just go, Fuck, man. I I just
0: That's insane. It, yeah, it, it's insane. You know, one one thing I'll, I'll say also as just from the athletic point is Dr. J was great. Elgin right. Baylor, I'm sure, was great. You know, I mean Nick Canepa will tell you how great these guys were. I got Oscar it.
1: Robertson.
0: I got it. You know, George Mike. Most people learn from watching. Okay. Yeah. And for Jordan, he set the bar on how to do certain things. He changed his game to being a post-up yeah. guy when he came back. And as, as Kobe said, he goes, most people are looking at the dunks. I was looking at the footwork. Yeah. And, and he's he set his own bar. It's not easy to set your own bar and say, well, yeah. I have no one else to learn from. I'm going to do things this way, and this is what I know, and, and this is the bar that's going to be set for years to come on footwork and how to score and how to feel defenses. And I don't know, very, very impressed uh, on how, how the whole thing is going. If I find it fascinating from Phil Jackson, all the way through it's um, it's, it's a lot of fun. We look forward to it in, in oh. our house. We look forward to it every single Sunday, but, well, but it, as Jeff said, this is why we're doing the show on Monday night.
1: It's exactly Dave. It's the analogy that I used with Ozark. I think fits it perfectly where if you're a fan of Ozark, like Dave and I did, if you watch season one, two and three, there were things that you took away. Same thing, 10 episodes, 10 episodes for season one, two, and three. There were things that you took away from the first four episodes, but it felt like in that show, just like in this show, boy, when you got to five, it's kind of like you, for her horse racing, you're starting to make the far turn and yep. get ready to come for home. Man, last night they they made the turn, and you're like, oh, God. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I'm watching that, and I, I, I'm I not a huge NBA fan, but I had such an appreciation for him. Like It's funny watching Timberlake and Nas and all these guys saying, oh, you had to have the Jordans. Yeah. And I know 99% of the people listening felt like it. Dude, I worked in a sporting goods store. I got an employee discount. I didn't get a first pair. <laughs> I literally did not get my first pair of Jordans until two years ago. Yeah. Because my sons were with me at the Nike outlet. And they're like, Dad, get a pair of Jordans. And we did it. It was a blast. And I love them. Should have done it like all of you were doing 25 years ago. <laughs> but goddamn, as a casual NBA fan who never liked the Detroit Pistons, yeah, very few things rubbed me wrong like when the Pistons walked off the floor. I just didn't like it. Yeah, And I when he's watching that, and they're talking about the Dream Team. And he's like, hey, I never said he couldn't be on the team. <laughs> but then the way the directors showed that Magic had run-ins yeah. and Pippin had run-ins. Larry Bird had run-ins. Michael had run-ins, yeah. right? And then Isaiah, to his credit, comes on. But when Michael's laughing at what Isaiah's saying, I give Isaiah Thomas credit for coming on. Whether he would do it again Who knows? He's getting killed the last two Sundays on social media. Getting killed. He should. Yeah. Because Jordan's the guy. Uh, But, I mean, there's going to be a a villain in every great story, right? But I just, that part when they're going through, because Pippin's so mellow, Phil's so mellow, right? Yep. Magic and Larry. But for the key guy to just go, I just was like, oh, boy, this is good. I really loved it. Loved it. Great stuff.
0: It is. It's really good stuff. want to mention the guys that helped get this thing going. By the way, coming up after where I read these commercials right here, I have a stay or goes, and what I picked was, it's people that, Jeff. That within an hour, you're going to say, shut the fuck up. They're all going to drive you crazy, and you got to pick one. Okay. So I'm proud of my, my list <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> I know guy, people that would get under your skin that you just go, fuck it. I can't deal with either one of them. All right. I'll keep one, though. All right. Because mentioned- there's
1: definitely going to be a, a worse one.
0: I want to mention Dan Williams? Dan Williams is your guy to help you out through these financial crisis that we're all going through right now. And trying to figure out what we're going to do with our money. It seems like everywhere I go, when I talk to people outside of my house, they all yeah. try to give me advice on what to do with the money. Are you supposed to sell your house? Are you supposed to invest in this? Are you going Bitcoin? Are you going to Amazon? Are you going?
1: Hold AOL. on a second.
0: AOL. <laughs> AOL. I got one guy that told us AOL. Said if you get AOL stock, trust me, you're going to be okay. Yep. So overall, look, don't listen to anyone else. Talk to the guy that knows what he's doing, what's happening with your money, what's going to happen in the future. And if you're renting, how do you get out of renting? When's the right time to buy? Because a lot of people are telling you the right time to buy is just around the corner. 858-688-6813. That's Dan Williams. 858-688-6813.
1: So my sons live uh, in La Mesa. Yeah. And there's a new kind of apartment complex that's going up not far from their house, and it looks kind of cool, like two-bedroom, two-bath, garage, the whole thing. And my son said, boy, Dad, you know what? If you went into this spot, it would be really great because you're on the walk home, brand-new places. Nobody's ever lived in there before. You should check it out. I go, you know what? I'll check it out. Now, respectfully, they're brand-new places. I write an email to these guys and I said, hey, I'm interested. Give me an idea what you're looking at. For a two-bedroom place in La Mesa on El Cajon Boulevard, $2,800 a month. I go, what? <laughs> What'd you fucking just say? $2,800 a month? I was like, is Seika leaving with me? Does Kay Parker have the other bedroom? I respectfully declined any further connection. That should answer the question for you right there, because yes, while you have HOAs that are full of old retired people that have nothing better to do with the time than think they're the members of the Supreme Court, at least when you're making that mortgage payment and paying that HOA, you're looking at it and going, well, I started with 360 payments on a conventional loan, and today I'm down to 340. Okay, okay. When you've paid twenty months of rent, guess what you've done? You paid twenty months of rent. You have nothing to show yep. for it. That to me was such a blatant reminder of how obnoxiously out of control rent prices are in San Diego. You have to have a guy on your side that can help you. That's why you want to call Dan Williams. Make sure the money is right. 858-688-6813. Absolutely. When
0: it's time to buy that house, there's no one else you want to talk to. It's Brian Curry six one nine two five one one five eight eight people call me all the time and say yeah. hey i can sell your house i go guess what i got a guy no matter yeah. what you tell me i got the best guy in san diego brian curry knows the areas better than anyone else where do you want to live if you're looking for a bigger house a smaller house will answer all the questions on when to buy and when to sell six one nine two five one one five eight eight
1: well dave I, I think just going back to what we said when you're looking at a and look it's two bedroom two bath right that's cool there's no fucking way that you should be paying three thousand dollars a month to live on Alcohol Boulevard in a two-bedroom, two-bath. That uh, sorry, that's just fucking out of control, and somebody's goddamn insane. They should be drug testing those people. But you go, hey, look, if they're able to rent them, you know, bless your heart, go do your <laughs> shit. You're not going to be renting it to me, and that's when you look and go, hey, for three grand a month. I can buy something. Uh, My credit's good. Is your credit good? Yeah. Do you have a little money for a down payment? Yeah. Do you want to live somewhere in that area? Yeah. Well, then let Brian work with you. There's nobody better. 20 years knows the market. But if you are like us and you go, no, man, that doesn't make sense. Let Brian help you. And the one thing, Dave, we haven't talked about for a while is we have friends that were lucky enough to get into real estate at a young age and you live in one and then you probably are yeah. renting one well goddamn good luck keeping that thing if you need your your property management brian can help you with that as well absolutely you should have used
0: the gary shandling line when he was looking for a place in malibu and they said yeah. it's ten thousand a month and he goes when well, to open the drapes are they gonna be breast pressed against the window yeah.
1: that's what i said <laughs> goddamn genie pepper better be living with me <laughs> and then I'll double that payment.
0: Oh, my gosh. Alan Taylor's your guy for that perfect pool. Man, the weather's getting really nice oh. and it's getting really warm. That perfect pool sounds great. I bet you wish you had it if you don't already. Alan Taylor can design the pool of your dreams. All you have to do is give him a call at 619-921-6387. 921-6387 with the 619 area code. Tailored made pools. That's the
1: way to go. You know what Alan needs to do? He needs to give me a stack of about 100 business cards. Because I was driving around, and I'll tell you what this story reminds me of in a second. I was driving around over the weekend, and we were in a lot of different parts of San Diego. And I saw the most horseshit pool that you've ever seen. (laughs) And you look at that, you go, you put water in that. It's like putting lipstick on a fucking pig, baby. That thing is ugly. You need Al Taylor and his group to come out here and redo this thing. Whether you're putting a brand new pool in, and God, how great would it be, especially now with the shelter at home order extended indefinitely, you'd be in the back. You go, sounds great to me. <laughs> Perfect. Extend it out. We're gonna be doing uh, Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> we're gonna have Shannon Handy in lane one, Kathleen Bade, and we're bringing Sharon Tay down from from L.A. Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> I'm gonna be working the Traeger grill, and nobody else is invited. But right now, you're sitting there going, "No, I'm not doing that." I'm sitting back here in the dirt, hoping that <laughs> fucking monster hornet doesn't show up and ruin all my bees. <laughs> uh, call Taylor Made Pools, and maybe your host and battle of the network stars in your backyard. So, go, go ahead. Uh, well, let me just tell you this before we talk okay. about Fluger. So when you and I worked at KFMB you remember I was thinking about this the other day because I was in the village in Carlsbad and Dave and I did commercials for beach sleep furniture. Remember Lauren at beach sleep furniture and beach sleep was so great. And they gave me a brand new bed. Yeah. And I had moved into my, uh, condo in La Costa and I had gone to one Oh one right there in Hill street and in Hill street, I don't think they have it now. All these places now are like sidewalk cafes. But for 25 years, the only thing they had was strip clubs where the only way you got hired is if you were four and a half months pregnant and had (laughs) like five scars around your body. You had the star theaters showing porn. And you had a 100 military furniture shops, right? Yeah. Well, I went in because I didn't know anything. I bought a fucking bed from one of these places for like 200 bucks. And I said, even the guy in the movie Midnight Express gets a better night's sleep than <laughs> I do. As part of my sales pitch for Beach Sleep. All of a sudden, our sales manager at B calls me in and he says, I know the name of the store, but I think they're out of business. But out of respect to them, I won't say it. But he's like, hey, man, the guy at, you know. Yeah, so and so. Okay. Walter's furniture is really, really pissed. And I go, yeah, what's he fucking pissed about? And he goes, well, he heard your beach sleep bad. And I go, okay. And he goes, well, you're saying, you know, the bed you have that you bought from the military furniture shop, the guy in Midnight Express gets a better night's sleep. I go, well, he fucking does. This bed sucks. And he goes, well, he feels like he's talking about, you're talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> and i go where the fuck's his store and he goes oh it's on you know mission avenue out by the airport i go i've never fucking stepped foot in that place i go tell that guy go fuck himself his <laughs> problems with himself not with me but i had my kids in carlsbad and we're sitting there right on state street and i go son of a bitch that's where the old beach sleep furniture yeah. was and I told my sons that, sir, I go, yeah, this guy was convinced. I go, I've never been in there. I don't know this guy from Adam, but can you imagine how shitty his furniture must have been? I'm sure all the stores up there now are of the highest quality. <laughs> this was in 1999. But, uh, yeah, when I talk about shitty pools, it made me think of shitty mattresses. And we're our friends, Lauren and the guys at Beach Sleep. They need to come back.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. I also want to mention Kyle Fluger. Kyle oh. Flueger your guy. That perfect website. So many people right now, as Jeff mentioned at the beginning of the show, they're out of jobs. They're trying to figure out a way to start to make some money. And a lot of people are thinking, you know, I'm going to start my own business. Mm-hmm. And the, the way to go is, what's my first step? The website's going to be the first thing you do. Kyle is yep. the guy you need to call. I tell you what, what you do is go to the DaveAndJeffShow.com website, and it says contact. There's a thing right there for contact, and you, sit there and you send Kyle a message. Yeah. You can call him directly from the site or you can send him a message, everything you're looking for. You can contact Kyle that way. Kyle Pflueger's done a great job for us and so many people we know. He's extremely busy because he's really good at what he does, but he will get right back to, you. again, uh, DaveAndJeffShow.com and just go to contact right at the top and it will go take you right to Kyle oh uh,
1: We also have Jake'sProjects.org. Kyle did an amazing job putting that together for us. We couldn't be more proud. Dave, like I said, when I'm on the phone with Ronald McDonald House the other day, yeah. Or when I'm on the uh, phone today with the team at uh, Compassionate Creations and I can say, hey, go look at our website, DavidJeffShow.com, or go look at Jake'sProjects.org. Ah, it's such a great feeling and you guys will have the same. Give Kyle a call and have him set your page up for you.
0: All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? Okay. She was born in 1929. She's not with us anymore. It's Audrey Hepburn.
1: Audrey Hepburn, 1929, huh? So she would have been 91? That's correct. Audrey Hepburn's the dark-haired one, right?
0: Hell, if I know everything I've seen is black and white.
1: Well, you could <laughs> tell she'd have dark <laughs> okay, hair. Go ahead. I
0: don't know what color it is. Could be
1: dark red, for all I know. It's still dark hair, kid. Uh, $40 million. $100 million. No kidding. $100 million. That's
0: a shitload of money. She died? <laughs> she died in 93.
1: No kidding.
0: Yeah. Don Trula died today. Did you yeah, hear that? sad. Rory McElroy.
1: Oh, I like that one. Um, I'll I'll say 29. 31. God dang it. 31. Okay. Oh, this has got to be big money. I'll say $150 Exactly right. Yeah. Hit it right on the head. I like Rory. He's cool. Lance Bass. Lance Bass. Hell of an entertainer, buddy. I tell you what, Dave, you told me I thought you were nuts. You go, Jeff, I'll tell you this. You walk out of a Lance Bass concert, I bet you you don't find one person disappointed. (laughs) I said you were crazy, and then I saw him at Casino Palma. I said, God damn it, Dave wasn't right. Lance Bass, hmm. I'll say he is 46. 41. (laughs) If I would have had that right, (laughs) I wanted to get it right. I don't care. Damn it. Sorry, Lance, my apologies. Okay, so he's 41. They had that manager that ripped him off from all the money. Yeah. Right? They haven't toured. When did those guys last tour? Is that 20 They're years at least ago? 20 years ago. But he probably made some dough. He did make some dough. I'll say he's worth $18 million. $22 million. Okay. Did a pretty
0: good job. Will Arnett, Lou Redwood in semi-pro. Dude, Will
1: Arnett. Will Arnett's one of the most underrated he guys, is. right? Uh, Will Arnett would be a good stay or go with the guy, though, because he might be a guy that you start <laughs> chucking coconuts at after about an hour. He, you'd love him for an hour. Yeah. And then you'd He'd be wear like... you out. Yeah, you'd be like making a bow and arrow out of fish bones shortly. Um, Will Arnett, 50? Exactly right. All right. How much is he worth? Uh... God, he did those Lego movies, man. He was the voice of Batman in those Lego movies. But he's never really been a star in anything big. I'm going to say he's worth $12 million. Exactly right. Hey! Fuck, did he get I both? ever hit like that? No. Both for both? No. I like that. Will that Arnett really good. is fucking funny, dude. I like that guy. He's really good. Aaron Andrews. Oh, shit. Aaron Andrews, married to Jared Stahl, former King's great. Aaron Andrews.
0: <laughs> it didn't end so great.
1: Uh no, they're still married. Yeah, but he had the big coke problem. Remember? Yeah, he got that fixed. He's all right. <laughs> he got
0: that fixed. Him and, yeah, okay.
1: Um, Aaron Andrews he got that fixed. Yeah, I'm gonna say 30... eight. 42. No kidding. Yep. Damn, dude, she's got to be worth some dough. A lot of dough. Hundred.
0: No, um, no. You're too. Hard. Seventy
1: million. Fifty-eight million. Which Good I thought her. was a lot. But I thought she was pretty cool on too. Real Sports. Yeah.
0: You know what's funny? You and I, I think we had her on one time and she couldn't answer a college football question. And she said, do college football. And then we were hosting a college football show and she, yeah. she sucked.
1: I thought she was really good on real sports, man. I, I thought she was really good, the interview she did. Yeah. We saw her at the Super Bowl and goddamn, she was another one that they pull in in 200 yeah, I different go. directions. But, uh, dude, I thought her dad was so cool when he talked about. Her dad does TV yeah, and just everything that she's been through in her life, man. Yeah,
0: pretty wild. All right, last one on here. It's the second of
1: the Jackson kids. It's Jackie Jackson. He's goddamn phenomenal. <laughs> Jackie Jackson today, happy 63rd birthday. 69. Oh, shit.
0: How much is he worth?
1: Well, Joe took everything. God damn it, Joe. Poor Randy, Jermaine, Tito, Marlon, Janet. Who am I forget? What Latoya? Dude, I can't name them all. Tito?
0: I think you said Tito. I can't name them all. Um four million? Dude, two hundred thousand.
1: Come on. Come I think, on, I think you're better off than Jackie Jackson. hundred percent. way, I'm way better. Fuck, really? I mean, come on, I'm protesting. Should have been nicer to Michael. Yeah, how about that shit? Two
0: hundred grand. For Jackie Jackson. Damn. All right. Stay or goes. Stars will make you want to say, shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is my guess. All right? Okay. Mel Brooks or Jackie Mason?
1: <laughs> dude, that's an easy one. I'd I keep Mel Brooks in a minute. Oh, God, man. Mel th- Brooks is fucking great.
0: Oh, my God. I think they're both so fucking overrated, dude.
1: Jackie Mason would
0: make me insane.
1: Dude, Mel Brooks is fucking great. That was an easy one. Okay? Drew,
0: Drew Barrymore or Alicia Silverstone?
1: Uh, Drew Barrymore. Really? 100%. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's another easy one. You're bad at this game. Go oh ahead. Gosh. These are simple. Carson Daly or Dan Cortez? Uh, you know why I'm keeping Dan Cortez? <laughs> oh, why? Because we have the same birthday, September 14th. He's the only guy by like, dude, come on. September
0: 14th. Sorry, Carson. Oh, my gosh. All right, here we go Olsen Twins or
1: Candace Cameron Beret? <laughs> That's another funny one. I'll take uh, Candace Cameron Beret. She might preach to you a lot, but that's all right. Don't tell you. Don't tell you rip those two pages oh, out of shit. the book. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs>
0: all right, last last one of the night: Jim Carrey or Robin Williams?
1: Oh god! Both damn. guys always got to be the guy. <laughs> oh, god damn!
0: Can't give anybody a second.
1: <laughs> oh dude, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll give you one because you completely failed at this game. So I'll give you one in a second. <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take Robin Williams because I, I think Robert he Williams would have too. the chance to turn it off. Robert, I think I think he could turn it off. I've I don't know that Jim Car- it off.
0: Remember when Robin Williams would would appear at the same time with Billy Crystal and Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, and he wouldn't let them ever talk. Ever. He'd just talk over them the nonstop. Uh, well, they reined him in in Goodwill Hunting, right? Well, oh, he was great in that. He was, he was outstanding. Robin Williams, remember, had herpes. I mean, since you two on the guydankin island, you never know. You don't. Wanna, I you do don't, know. You don't want to get rescued,
1: and all of a sudden, hey, how come I have herpes? I'll be fine. <laughs> all right, I have one for you. This is. I uh, I may have two for you. Here's the first one. Go ahead. Kathy Griffin or Amy Schumer. Oh fuck. Kathy Griffin,
0: dude, I can't stand Amy. You Schumer. keep ah. Ca- oh.
1: Dude, I can't stand Amy Schumer. All right, here's my second one. Melissa Rivers or Kathy Lee Gifford. Fuck. This is going to sound really bad what I'm going to say.
0: Kathy Lee Gifford. Really? Yeah, cuz I I don't like either one of them. Yeah. Every guy has this every guy goes to this in their head where yeah, I would I would bang them, but you'd angry bang them. That's how you do Kathy Lee Gifford.
1: Well, that's I don't that doesn't seem nice. <laughs> That didn't seem nice at all.
0: Melissa Rivers is the most annoying person on the planet, almost. Fuck. I think Kathy Griffin is. Uh, Kathy Griffin's pretty fucking annoying.
1: I, Kathy Griffin used to be really funny. Oh. Like, those goddamn D-list shows were funny as shit. Uh, who did you say Kathy Griffin and who? who
0: Amy did, Schumer. Oh, my God. Amy Schumer thinks she's so fucking hysterical and talented and good-looking. <laughs> I can't stand anything about her.
1: All right, let me see if I can think. I'm doing these is right off the top of my yeah, head. such a nightmare. Um... All right, let me see if I can give you a third one really quick. Um uh Andy Dick <laughs> or Polly Shore.
0: Oh fuck, that is good. <laughs> I'd keep Polly Shore. Andy, you would did I hate Andy Dick too. I think he's a punk, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd keep Polly Shore. Right, you know, he, I'm disappointed I didn't think
1: of those two for here, you. Here here's your last one. Go Again, ahead. right off the top of my head. Go ahead. Dice Clay yeah. or Dave Coulier. <laughs> i go dice i keep dice dice would be great yeah I right? keep dice yeah all right i think that's all oh I my have god for that's you.
0: good enough fuck that's
1: funny all right all, all right. right uh we will be back here uh the plan is to be back here wednesday night uh please do whatever you got to do keep that hair growing it's going to be a great event we'll put it together more information to come we'll hopefully have more details for you on wednesday all right